uh, a brand new series we're starting today, uh, dealing with relationships, particularly ministering to the single uh, community of our Christian population. Amen. Amen. Then I'm so excited because God has so much to say in His Word about this, and we are about to unpack a lot of stuff that will help you and just minister to you. Amen. Amen. And as we go right into it, I want to take this privilege as well to welcome Stacy. She doesn't want to be called the mother of the house. She says it makes her feel so old, but uh, well, we love her that way. And um, you're going to enjoy Stacy. Amen. Uh, we met a few years ago, five, ten, somewhere there. And uh, he and she and uh, Brady. Uh, also sit on our board, Faith Hill Church, and they've just been such a blessing to us. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for Stacy as she comes through? Amen. Good morning. Good morning. You don't mind if we sit, right? Well, even if you did, <laughs> it was about to happen. <laughs> All right, we are not going to waste waste any much more of your time. We have to finish at uh, 11.45, by 11.45, so let's jump right into it. We received a few questions uh, from most of you, and today we are going to be dealing with the questions that we received, and uh, next week we will be talking about what a woman should look for in a man. And the week after that, we will be dealing with what a man should look for in a woman or in a wife. Amen. Amen. And I want to encourage you to attend both. Because you want to know what's expected of you, and you want to know what to look for. Amen. Amen. And uh, while we're dealing with this, uh, there's something interesting with uh, hookups and heartbreaks. Here's a few statistics as we start. About 91% of the global population will at one point in their lives get married. Now what that means is the issue is no longer, am I going to get married? The issue becomes... Who am I going to get married to? Amen? And that's a valid question that we have to deal with. Amen? And here's another statistic. Um, one out of every two marriages end in divorce. That's not good. That's sobering. It is. 50%. They end in divorce. Now listen to this. In the Christian community... When you practice these three disciplines, that means attend church together, read the Bible together, and pray together, the statistic move from one out of every two to one out of every 1,500. Wow. So when God says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, He knows what He's talking about statistically. So ladies, don't marry a man that you have to push to go to church with, or push to read the Bible, or push to pray. Amen? Because the odds are stacked against you, if you choose to do that. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> I said hallelujah. Uh, we're going to jump right into the questions. And the first question we received, Stacy, was, why is it that men are afraid of commitment? Question marking God. <laughs> This is the first question. Why is it that men are afraid of commitment? I don't know that I believe that they're afraid of commitment. I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. 
I think if I, you know, just look at experience, because I get to meet so many single women, but I have such the benefit of being surrounded by so many men. Right. Brother, all my cousins are males. I've raised a son. Right. And I think what happens is men and women process things differently. That's right. So if I'm a woman and you ask me out to go to pizza and a movie. Right. The next day I'm buying bridal magazines and uh -oh. watching Say Yes to the Dress. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're just assessing, did I have a good time having pizza and a movie? Right. So now we think that by the second date, if he's not ready to send the uncles to pay La Bola, that he's afraid of commitment. Right. But that's not the case. Right. Because when a man finds a wife, he finds a good Come thing. On. The Bible says that. Come on. So if right. he believes he has found his wife, he's going to commit. There are too many women who are married, too many men who have committed for that to be the case. So right. I don't think it is. I think it's really a matter of perspective for the ladies right. to, you know, kind of take it easy a little bit right. and let it just be an opportunity to get to know someone right. and say, is this someone I can see my future with and not just feel like you have to jump into a commitment. Right. So that means going on a date does not mean that you're dating. <laughs> right? Well, there is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. Yeah. And actually, my son, who's now 23, right. he's challenged with that because he said he's not trying to get married. He's got career goals. He has things he's trying to accomplish. But if he asks a woman just because he wants to go see a movie or go get something to eat, right. then she automatically says, now we're dating. Right. But all we did was just go to the movies. Right. So there is a difference, and you want to make sure, ladies, that you're putting that into proper perspective. Right. So the issue of commitment has been dealt with. And I also think that it's a timing issue because uh, I remember I met my wife in 2009, and uh, I knew in the first month that I wanted to marry this woman, but it took me two years to get to that stage of actually uh, making the decision to ask her uh, for a hand in marriage. So it takes time and sometimes you want to be patient and let the, the, the nature take, take its place. Amen? Don't rush things. Go on a date. Enjoy the date. And don't confuse that with dating. Amen? <laughs> what does it take for a man to be like, I want to marry this woman. Seven years of dating, surely means there is something not right. Surely. That's true. Seven years, you're right. There is something not right. Amen. So I think the question is, what does it take for a man to say, I want to marry this woman? That's the question that we receive. Seven years surely. of dating. When surely. Whoever, the person who said that, right. that says, surely something's not right. Right. Surely, surely, something, is not, something right. is not right with that. <laughs> That's it. Does it does not take seven years. Yeah. Ladies, we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, there is such a thing as an eternal girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. You can be an eternal girlfriend. Hmm. And you can be his girlfriend until he meets his wife. <laughs> And you end up in a terminal situation because that relationship will die and all you will have ever been is the girlfriend. Right. It doesn't take seven years. Right. 
And if you're asking yourself, I always say most of the time, if you have to ask the question, you already know the answer. Mm. <laughs> because if you're saying surely something is wrong with that, yeah. something is absolutely wrong with that. Yeah. And if you really think about it, there's probably ages and levels to right. how long it would take. That's if right. you're in varsity, you're 20, 21 years old, and you're dating, you know, certainly within the next six months, it's not realistic to expect a proposal. Right. But if you're an adult, yeah. working, doing life on life's terms, seven years, what are you doing in those seven years? Yeah. I would venture to say, can I say this, or is, are we too religious in here? No, you can say it. I would venture to say in seven years, you're probably living like you're already married. Yeah. So now where is the motivation? Yeah. You're just basically almost a, a domestic helper with benefits. Yeah, that's true. Until the wife comes along. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I wish I had a different truth. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. And I believe, you know, the, the dating process up until, it usually takes four stages. You know, the dating phase, the courtship phase, uh, the engagement phase and the marriage phase. Now the problem with the world today is that we lump it all up in one. So you know we, we date today and then we uh, assume that we are already engaged and that we are husband and wife and we move in, we shake up and uh, start living together. In fact the, they did a research in uh, uh, Deep Sloot and they found out that 60% of the people were re living together as husband and wife were actually not married. You know, they were just waking up, shaking up, and uh, breaking up, and press repeat, and do it again. And it becomes a cycle, and that's how they live their lives. So what's important is to make sure that you go through each dating phase. I mean, the first one being dating, going on dates, get to know one another. The second one being courtship. You know, when you start introducing us to the person that you think you're going to get married to. Don't introduce us to Jenny when you fully know in your heart that she's not the one. Because it's going to cause problems. Perception problems. Amen? So by the time you introduce it to us, you should already know that this is the one. And then you engage and you get married to that person. So make sure you don't jump or skip stages. Sex is good and it was meant to be used in marriage. God created sex for marriage. Anytime you see yourself having sex outside of marriage, you are breaching the covenant, you are breaching the contract, and you will always end up in trouble. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. The next but now, question. You know what, statistically, I just happen to think about right. I don't know the, the exact statistics, right. but statistically, if you live together, the chances of it ending in marriage become so much lower right than if you just date right. and then get married. Yeah, because I mean, guys think rationally and they're thinking, why buy the cow if I can get the milk for free? <laughs> so there's no motivation. <laughs> Amen. Well, and I think for ladies, I think sometimes we think that love is a test of endurance. If I can just hang in there, just keep on, keep it on, and another six months, surely he's going to. So whoever asked that, the original question, girl, what, bye. Yeah. Seven years. Is way too long. Is way too long. I think at most two years, if you are above 28, in my opinion, I'd say two years. 
in fact, I have a good friend of mine. She's 50. She just met someone uh, a few months ago, and they were planning to get married. I mean, she liked the guy. Again, another advantage of dating when you're much older is you know exactly what you want. Yeah. You know, you meet someone, if you have children, do you like children? No, I don't like children. On to the next one. <laughs> Amen. There's no, there's no need for you to waste time with time wasters. So I told her, she said to me, she said, hey, Tafara, you know, I, I want to marry this guy, but I want to give it about two years to see if he's... And I asked her, I said, do you think he's the one? She said, yeah, I know he's the one. And I said, why give it two years? You're 50. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you're right. In fact, my previous pastor used to always say this. The minimum time you should give anyone to know where your relationship is going is three months. And he was saying if the companies can decide, you know, the organizations we work in can decide within three months, surely you can make a decision within three months. Amen? <laughs> we have to rush. Uh, as a single person, how do I know? Oh, this is number three. As a single person, how do I know that I'm with the right person? And also, if I'm ready to settle down, how do I relate that to my girlfriend or boyfriend at the time? I think you would just know if you're with the right person. I don't if you think have to ask, any... it's not the right one. Yeah. No, really, if you, if you have to ask, it's not the right one. Because here's what I know. God's best never leaves room for your doubt. Hmm. It doesn't. And you'll sometimes ask married people, but how did you know? How did you know they were the one? Yeah. Because you just know, because God will give you that peace and show you this is the one. Yeah. So if you have to ask, it's not God's best for you because he doesn't do stuff halfway where you have to kind of finagle it and massage it and think, well, maybe if they got rid of this, 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 and this, right. then they could be God's best. Right. If you have to ask, it's not. And here's a uh, scary statistic. Out of a hundred women who were divorcees, this is in South Africa, who were interviewed, 40 of them said they knew they were getting married to the wrong person as they walked down the aisle. They said they knew. Um, and and uh, this shows you that the problem was not the, the, the boyfriend, the problem was them ignoring the problem. Because God was showing them that there is a problem. So 40% uh, new and here's uh, why they said they went ahead and married the guy and most of them were actually college graduates they said we met I married because of age the self-imposed biological clock is starting to tick a little louder so they felt they needed to get married so they were just gonna get married to whatever comes walking on two feet <laughs> amen they said uh, the other reason why they went ahead and got married, even though they knew that it was the wrong person, was that they thought marriage would instantly make the relationship better. Well, let me tell you, the climax of your relationship is going to happen when you're dating. You know why? Because that's when men usually want to impress you. That's when we send our best. Send the representative. We send, sometimes. <laughs> Because the representative opens the car door, the representative brings flowers, the representative tells you how nice you look, the right. representative is so kind and right. loving. That's the representative. Right. But you marry the husband. Right. <laughs> so make sure you check with him that this is not just the representative. Amen. 
uh, they thought that it was their last chance to get married and no one else will come along. I got a question a few uh, months back and someone said, hey, Tafara, is there a shortage of eligible black men in South Africa? And then I said, it depends on who's asking. If you have a mind of plenty, you'll be bumping into, tripping over, stumbling over, illegible, solid black men everywhere you go. But if you have a mind of scarcity, guess what? You are not going to see them. Let me tell you, there are illegible bachelors out there who are ready for commitment, who are ready to get married. Don't let society pressure you to think otherwise. Amen? Amen. Just choose to wait on God and don't make a decision that will get you into trouble in your marriage. Amen. And the last reason why they decided to go ahead and do it anyhow was they thought if it doesn't work out, I can always get a divorce. And this is sad. As they walked down the aisle, they thought this. This is very sad. Amen. This is why the church has to teach a series like this. And this is why... I'm so happy that you attended. Why don't you put your hands together for yourself for attending today. Amen. Glory to God. Next question. Is it my fault that I'm single? What? Why? Why would it be a fault? But why does the question is posed like, you know, being single is like having the plague. Yeah. I mean, like it's some dreaded disease. Yeah. Is it my fault that I'm single? I don't think it's your fault that you're single. Actually, the Bible, Paul, talking about being single, said, I'd rather that you be single than get married. Because when you get married, you're going to get slower in serving God. Because the reason why God created you was to serve Him. And how many of you know that the greatest uh, man of all time, Jesus Christ, I mean, He has the greatest legacy of all time, He was not married. You don't need a husband, you don't need a wife to complete you. Can I get an amen? Amen. You don't need that. Paul was not married, yet he was effective for the kingdom of God. So first of all, what you need to realize is being single is not a fault. Being single is not a plague that you need to be delivered out of. See, because if you think this way, well, let me tell you something. If you think this way and get married thinking that you are going to escape this plague... By getting married, man, a big one is coming for you. Because it doesn't get better when you get married for the wrong reason. Amen? So you need to be complete where you are. You need to realize that God created you with all of the ribs. Gentlemen, you had no one rib missing that needs to come and complete you. No, you are complete where you are, the way you are. And when you meet someone as a complete person... You will not be insecure. You will not be looking to an outside force to make you complete in God. Amen? So be satisfied with who you are, where you are, and when the person comes into your life, everything will fall into place. I don't know if you have anything to say to that. Well, I, you know, I think the, the whole I, the idea that if you're single, the way the question is, you know, positioned, it's like it's a really, really bad thing. And I think sometimes you get to a certain age and you start thinking, oh, I have to be married, I have to be married, and you almost start obsessing over yeah. it. And, you know, there's so much life to live. There's so much purpose that everybody has that if you're really all about your father's business and you're living life on purpose, you'll stop obsessing over being single. Right. 
Does and, that make uh, sense? It does. Just you know, just just you know, let let life let life be enjoyed. Live life while you're waiting. Enjoy the journey. Have yeah. some joy each and every day. Not once I get married, I'll have joy. Once I get married, then this will happen. Once I get yeah. married, then that'll happen. Because then what happens is you're, you don't have your full trust and reliance on God. You're always living for the when this happens. So then it's now I have the husband. When I have a baby, then everything will be okay. Yeah. And then it's, you know, when, when we have financial security, yep. it'll be okay. And, and so you're always living, waiting yeah. for something other than God. And that's never a good place to be. Amen. And the part B of that question was, is there ever a situation where it is meant to be, no matter what I try? I, I believe if God wants you to live a life as a single person of celibacy, he will not put the desire to want to get married in you. Because the Bible says he brings the desires uh, uh, to come to pass. Our desires, he, he furnishes them. Amen. Amen. And that's Proverbs chapter number 3 from verse 5 to 6. Maybe we should read it so that you go away uh, saying, you know, they actually read from the Bible. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter number 3. From verse 5 to 6. And here's what it says. It says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, Him being God, and He shall direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path amen um, and now we're gonna go to the next question dating uh, whilst is dating someone while their divorce is pending and or and or while they're separated is that adultery that's the question. I don't know if it's adultery, but it's not wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's another case of baggage. Well, you know, because here's the problem with this divorce pending thing. If he's a loser, and he may well be, he may not be completely transparent. Mm -hmm. And saying their divorce is pending is relative. Maybe it's pending in their mind. They may not even file the papers yet. <laughs> so what does that pending look like? Pending's kind of a gray yeah, yeah. area there. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take that long to get divorced. And I just think that after a divorce, people need time to kind of heal and deal with some of the baggage anyway. So I just don't think it's, it's wise to be while someone's in their process because if they're not fully actually divorcing, God may restore that marriage. And then what happens to you? Hmm. 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 Yeah, where are you after that happens? Hmm. So I just, I just think it lacks a lot of wisdom. Yeah, and I think uh, you might want to just give them time to uh, close off everything from their past and not just carry it forward into no, this new relationship. Absolutely, and there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I like you, but give me a call when you're all sorted out. Yeah, and when your divorce is final and everything is resolved then we'll see. Exactly. And I think uh, it was Erica Badu, she wrote a song about that. 
It was called uh, Bag Lady. She said, you, you know, Bag Lady, you got too much stuff. Carrying all them bags. <laughs> and then she says, one day, all them bags gonna get in your way. And then she says something like, uh, when the brothers see you coming, they take off running because of them bags. <laughs> and then she said something like, pack light. And I think that's the answer to this. You know, just pack light. Make sure you deal with everything from your past. Amen. Clear it out and, you know, start looking forward uh, with uh, none of them bags. Can I just say this? Because right. I, I get this all the time from women who marry or or entertain, you know, dating men right. who've been married and have children, which is fine. But if he is not financially, emotionally, and spiritually covering the children he has, right. please use that as your litmus test. Yeah. Right. Because if he's not doing it for the children he already has, what would ever make you think That's true. he's going to be able to be a provider for you and the children you may have? Right. That is a huge red flag. I can't tell you how many women I meet and they say, well, you know, he's not doing this or he's not doing that for the children. I said, well, what was he doing for the children he had when you met them? Right. And they said, well, he doesn't have a relationship with them. He doesn't see them. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and hear our message clearly. We are not saying it's wrong to date someone who's divorced. We are saying uh, what's important is for them to take care of their past so that you can uh, come in and date them. In, the, in fact, some of the best marriages that I've witnessed in my traveling are from people who have had uh, a divorce, you know, because sometimes people learn from their past mistakes. Not everybody learns from their past mistakes, but some learn and they know what to do and what not to do. And this is why some of the best marriages I've witnessed are from people who have, you know, been through a divorce and have decided, listen, I'm gonna make this uh, mess, turn this mess into a message. Amen. And I hear the word adultery being used here. I think, I, I trust and hope that they are not engaging in sex because that would be against God's word. And the nature of a thing uh, is uh, based on its origins. So if you start on a wrong foundation, guess what? It, it's going to filter into your marriage and you are going to have challenges. Hallelujah. Question number six. Not everyone is meant... To be married, right? Right. Are there people who are just not destined to be married, or is it more of a choice issue? I think there are people who were created not to be married, and uh, how do you know you're one of them? You have no desire to be married. If you have a desire, you were created to be married. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 that it's better to be married than to burn with passion. Amen. I said amen. amen. Number seven, uh, uh, dating versus courtship. Does the church prefer one over the other? Please enlighten me on the difference because my question comes from one of my old pastors saying the problem of, with the youth today is they are dating instead of courting. Wow. Um... I think if you look at the word courtship, the, it came, it's, it's almost like a modification of prearranged marriage. That's what courtship is. You are dating under supervision. 
Now most of you in here don't live with your parents, you know, so that they can supervise you. Uh, your pastor does not have the time to go on dates with you and supervise you. <laughs> Let's just say that <laughs> up front. So courtship, for most of you in here, some of you are living in a totally different country. So courtship, based off of that and all of the elements that are missing, becomes impossible. So what do we as a church prefer? I would say we prefer what I like to call Christian dating. It is basically getting to know one another in a Christian way. That means uh, going on dates. That means getting to know one another and not getting sexual or physical in any kind of way until you get married. That's what I would suggest. You know, you, you, you get to know one another. And the cool thing about that is as the passion burns, the uh, quicker you will get to making the decision to want to get married. That's right. <laughs> Amen. So, so don't cut corners. I would rather you uh, date as a Christian. You know, we used to do that growing up as a youth. We'd go on dates as a group and, you know, get to know one another. And I remember going on a date with a group for uh, bowling. And I was looking at my prospect at the time and thinking, man, if she gets this angry with just bowling... <laughs> I don't think I stand a chance. <laughs> Amen. And guess what? It helped me. I made a decision on a social platform with no commitments. And it was a group date and no one was hurt. Because I'll tell you, man, uh, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot going on out there. Uh, gentlemen usually take a month to make a decision whether or not they want to marry you. And I remember the one time I met someone and it, uh, we started dating and... Uh, I knew in the first week that I, want, I wasn't going to marry them. But it took me about, you know, six months to wiggle out of the relationship. <laughs> you know, so... so, but so that, wait, wait, wait. It took you six months? To wiggle That's out of the relationship. Long. You know, I was young and I was trying to be nice. Okay. <laughs> and that's just being real. So ladies, look out for the sun. Because I wouldn't answer her phone, she wouldn't see it. I wouldn't go on dates. She wouldn't out cancel on it. She wouldn't see it. So it took six months for her to finally see that the reason why he's not answering my phone is because he's not interested. And sometimes, but it's, going it's my forward, bad. Going, right, because going forward. I'm saved now. Okay. <laughs> and married. Men, you owe it to someone if you're not interested. You can be, you know, the truth in love is fine. That's true. And you can just say, you know, this is not what God has, or I'm not interested. But just face, you know, you know, just man up and face the truth and say it so that, you know, we don't have to read context clues. Amen? Can I get a hoo-ha from the man? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the next question is, um, should you enter a relationship for casual reasons? Surely, not all relationships lead to marriage. I'm 22, and I'm not interested in getting married yet, but would like to go on dates. So should I stay away from it till I'm ready to get married? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything wrong with going on dates as long as you're honest and upfront that you know you're not trying to move into a marital situation, you're still young, you have right. goals, you have things you want to accomplish. Right. But you'd like to be able to go out and have fun. I mean, just enjoy life. And at right. 22, there's no reason to 
you know, rush the process. So Praise I think the there's Lord. nothing wrong with it as long as you're honest and open and, and upfront. Amen. And it doesn't take six months to get the truth out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this is the exact advice that I would give to my daughter. And we are saying this because we love you. This is the exact advice I would give to my son. And we are saying this because we love you. We just want you to avoid all the hurts that are, you know, in the dating world. Amen. Uh, question, next question. How do you know when you have met the one? Is there such a thing as one person for each person in the world? Or we just go with what is best at the time? <laughs> this is all I got, Lord. You know, the, the one... The one person for each person sounds romantic, but I'm going to burst your bubble to tell you that there is no such thing in the world. Amen. Um, God has a few hundreds people that if you married, you would be alright. <laughs> and you have to choose out of those hundreds. You must remember we are not robots. We are human beings and we are free uh, will, moral agents. And I always give this example. You know, when I went into my wardrobe today, I didn't see an angel with a flaming sword saying to me, Hey, Tafara, thou shalt pick this shirt to go to church. No, I went in there and I picked a pink shirt to come to church. And guess what? The Holy Spirit, God, and all the angels in heaven let me out of the house wearing this pink shirt. Yeah. The same way they will let you out of the house if you choose a fool. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it is your choice. Amen. Amen. So there is no such thing as the one. And what do I do if I've missed the one? No, there is no such thing. Now that I've said that there's a few hundreds that if you married, you'll be alright. There are billions that if you married, you'd be in a mess. Yeah. So you want to avoid the billions and, you know, look within the hundred. Yeah. Amen. Does that answer the question? So the choice is yours, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Two more minutes and uh, we'll be out of here. Question number 10. What happens when you miss your God-given mate? Is it even possible? Does it mean you'll not be able to achieve what God has ordained, uh, preordained for you to be? Will I ever achieve my, my purpose? If I miss go a God-ordained partner and end up with the one that is perhaps not. And you know, people like to use this as an excuse. No, because God is too strategic to attach your purpose from someone who's not in your life. That's right. Because then that limits him. That's right. So to think that now life is just going to be nothing and you're not going to be able to fulfill your purpose because you missed this one that you're supposed to have, that's, that's absolutely not, not true. And so your purpose is planted inside of you. You know, God knew the end before the beginning. He is going to accomplish his good will in your life and your purpose without this the one that's out there. Amen. And, and this shows you that your purpose is more important than marriage and getting married. If you don't believe me, get married. <laughs> Next question. I'm divorced and always wondered. This is the last question, actually. I'm divorced and I've always wondered if I've transgressed against God. I am single now, finding it hard to find a partner and thinking maybe it's God's way of punishing me for leaving my husband, even though he was abusive and dangerous. Well, first of all, I want to give it up for 
you to you for leaving this fool who was abusive and dangerous. Amen. Standing ovation. I mean, just a few months ago, I had to go and, you know, uh, advise someone who's very close to me in my family to leave their husband. And to, this is my opinion. You won't find this in scripture. But I'm strong on this. I advise them to leave their husband and go back home because, uh, you know, we read every single day of people getting murdered by the people that are supposedly supposed to be their protectors. You know, your husband is supposed to be your protector, your provider, and so on and so forth. Now, if the security guard, I always picture it this way, if the security guard at my complex is the one coming in and stealing stuff and shooting kids, and we stand no chance. And if it's the husband, the person who's supposed to pro protect you is the one beating you, you stand no chance. And I think the best thing you can do is to leave. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7 that when you get saved, if the man is not willing to stay with you, then you must leave. And I believe someone who beats you up is not willing to stay with you. Amen. Okay. The question. Well, and God doesn't punish us like that. No, he doesn't. So you're not living under some kind of punishment no. because of that. You know, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. So you're not right. being punished yep. by that. And the reason you're probably not meeting men is because of the baggage and the position you have of believing that you're yep. somehow cursed and being punished of God for what you've been through. And yep. that's what you're putting out there. And so you attract as you are and you end up becoming a social work lover where everybody you meet has issues and problems that you have to try That's and right. fix. That's right. That's right. And the next part of that question is I have not even tried to date because I think once divorced, too bad for me. I have a mark of sorts as a previously married single woman. I don't think previously uh, uh, married single women have a tag on them. I don't believe that because some of my friends have married uh, previously uh, married women with children and they're having fantastic marriages. They're enjoying life more than they did when they were married to you know their previous mate who was supposedly you know fresh off the market. So, so I don't believe you should condemn yourself or look at yourself that way. The most important thing is to look at yourself through God's eyes. And God loves you regardless of what you do or don't do. And it is vitally important that you start seeing yourself that way. And like Stacy says, change the person on the inside. And as you change the person on the inside, it's going to be easier for you to meet the person that you want to get married to. And God is a God of second chances. That's right. So whoever asked that question, I would just encourage you to receive the grace that has been so freely given to you and be able to live at peace in your heart for what you've been through and allow God to just love on you and not feel like you're being cursed or punished. Amen. Because if you feel this way, I mean, I'll be honest, even if you went on a date, your attitude, you know, will just repel against everything that God is trying to bring your way. So this is why it is vitally important to change the person on the inside so that you start living uh, the way God wants you to. And the last question was, uh, is it okay for me to come up with a list for the person who I want to get married to? Okay, can I just be honest? I've had more fun binge watching Date My Family. Right. <laughs> It's a good show. And one of the things that I've been so amazed at 
And women, we have to take ownership of this. We do this far more than the men do. That's right. They say, what are you looking for? And these ladies oh, start yeah. just, I mean, this and this, and, th and they're just going on and on. I'm thinking, man, Jesus wouldn't be able to meet these standards. <laughs> Even Jesus wouldn't make because, it. Because, I mean, every I dotted, every T crossed. And here's what I really love. It's the women who look like they need so much personal development themselves. Right. That have the longest list. Yeah. Which means now you're not even being honest with yourself. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with having, you know, a list. A list per se of you know who you are and you know what you like and you know what qualities you're looking for. Yeah. But then I think you need to be realistic because no one is perfect. Right. Not even you. Not even you. Yeah. So as you're making this list, you need to make it recognizing that no one is perfect, and you probably look at maybe the the things that are most important to you, right? And what you can live or live without. Now, ladies, right. this will help you. You know, I have the three-step litmus test that will sort everything out. Right. He has to love God. He has to love his mother, and he can't be cheap. If he loves God, that marriage will be fine. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Listen, if he loves God. He will pray, he will cover the home. That's if he right. loves his mother, it shows that no matter what kind of relationship they've had, that he has enough decency to respect the woman who gave him life. That's right. And that says a lot about his character. Right. And number three, he can't be cheap. It's not a financial thing, it's a mentality. Right. And it means that he will be able to value you for the woman that you are. Come on. Three steps. If he That's doesn't awesome. need that, sort it out. That All these awesome. other stuff, let it go. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, the best way to... Uh, know that your list is real because I mean there are people who come up with lists that are just ridiculous and then there is another class of people that don't have a list at all you know just anything with teeth will do <laughs> we have to <laughs> we have to find we have to find the middle ground and here's what I want to say to you become your list first before you go out to look for it so everything on your list, work so hard to become everything on it before you go out to look for it and it's going to become easier for you to find it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, the last one was, uh, I'm going to answer this. Why do men, uh, why do women like uh, bad boys? I think this was someone who was heartbroken. And I, I don't think women are necessarily attracted to bad boys. But I would say this, there are certain characteristics that bad boys have that nice guys don't have. You know, characteristics like aggression, and uh, they are confident, and uh, they, they, they are assertive, and they have leadership qualities. And sometimes nice guys don't have leadership qualities. And, uh, you know, not to say that women actually like bad boys. No, they don't like the bad boy, they like the qualities in the bad boy. So don't go out there and try to be a bad boy. <laughs> Just make sure you have leadership qualities and uh, you love God, and you are a man of vision, and so on and so forth, and everything else will be perfect. Yeah. You know, I used to have a policy uh, in college before I was saved. I used to always go out and to the club and stuff like that with my friends, and my policy was, you know, if you can buy it for yourself, you know, the drink, then I'll buy it for you. See, because I'm not going to approach you and now you want to buy expensive drinks because it's on my tab. <laughs> And that's exactly what women do when they go out there looking. They're looking for something that is just extravagant, that they themselves cannot become. That is why it is very important. If you, are, if you want someone with a six-pack, you better join the Runners Connect. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Whatever you're looking for, 
Just make sure you become that and everything else will be alright. Alright, this uh, is the end of our session. Next week we're going to be talking about what women, single women should look for in a man. And the week after we'll be talking about what single uh, men should look for in a woman. And the week after we'll be discussing what marriage is and what it means. And uh, we were so glad that you could join us. I'm going to ask Stacy to pray for all the single people in the church. So let's stand on our feet. She's going to pray the blessing on you and we'll be out of here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the opportunity for learning, for the opportunity to know more than what we knew yesterday. Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now, I thank you for Pastor Tafara. I thank you for Lady Chipo. I thank you for what that you're doing in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that they have a heart for your people. They have a heart to advance your kingdom. And I would ask that you just continue to bless them. Thank you, Lord. And heap blessing upon blessing on them. Thank that you, they Jesus. will go from glory to glory as they advance your kingdom. Yes, Lord. And that when they are weary and tired and feel like giving up, Lord, that you will just renew their strength in such a way that they can carry on with this amazing, amazing task that you have given them. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you right now for every single that is in this room. Thank you, For Jesus. everyone who came out seeking answers. Because we know ultimately, God, you are the solution to every single thing that we face. Thank you, Jesus. So I pray right now that they will use your word, the practical goodness of your word, and Thank apply you, it to their lives, that they will renew their minds to the things of you so that they are prepared to experience the desires of their heart. Thank you, Jesus. I pray right now that everyone in here who has the desire to be married, we speak those things that be not as though they were. Come on. We speak life that there will be weddings upon weddings. Thank that you, Pastor Jesus. Pastor Tafaro will be Thank exhausted you, from performing weddings. Thank you, Jesus. That God will manifest the person that he has for them and they will know that they know that they know that they are your best for their life. Thank you, Jesus. And that they will have that peace. So we speak it and we believe it. And Lord, I'm just preparing right now for the victory and the praise reports that I will receive the next time Thank I'm back you, in South Africa. Thank you, Lord. And we speak this like the psalmist said. We speak it because we believe it. Thank because you, we Jesus. know your word never returns void. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.